Welcome to the Everesting Podcast, built by Quarry. In this episode, I'm hosting Thijs van de Nieuwenhoff, who, in addition to being a multiple-time Everesting Hall of Fame member, he is also one of the architects of the new Everesting Hall of Fame. So uh, he's also, a, if that name sounds familiar to you, he's also a very active participant in the Everesting Closed uh, Facebook group, which in the episode, as I mentioned, if you are not currently a member of that group, you really should be. It's an incredible resource for all things Everesting. Um, but questions, things that you haven't even considered, you will find on there uh, to either plan or uh, plan your current attempt or perhaps another attempt. Um, great conversation. I really, really appreciate Ty's time to put this together and uh, everything that he's doing for the Everesting community. So he's one of the little army of people that Andy has assembled of really talented people that are helping uh, Everesting progress into the really cool direction that it's taking. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the State Bicycle Company, who you can check out at statebicycle.com. If you use code AUDIO23, so AUDIO23, you'll get 23% off of your order. If you're not following State on social media, you really should be. They just dropped a carbon fiber road frame for the first time ever. Very much well worthwhile checking out. Uh, they have limited stock on that, but they've got lots of cool parts and apparel and other bicycles at statebicycle.com. Thank you for joining the podcast. A quick teaser, I have already recorded an episode for next week. If you've been enjoying the conversations surrounding the Everesting Rome, you're really, really going to like who I have recorded an episode with next week. So I'll leave you with that teaser. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're able to like or leave us a positive rating or subscribe to the podcast wherever you're finding us, that helps us grow our audience. On to this episode, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining me. So the reason I reached out is because when I joined the uh, the Facebook group for Everesting, the closed Facebook group. So if anybody's listening and they're not part of that group currently, they should be because of all the sp spaces that you can spend time in social media. It's a very positive and uplifting space to spend some time. So I strongly recommend it. Um, however, I saw your name over and over and over again in posts like just just constant positivity fixing problems for people jumping in answering questions constantly and i was like i need to reach out to this guy and see if he'll he'll join me on the podcast obviously a very important part of the fabric of the everesting community so i want to hear more about how you're involved in it sort of behind the scenes uh, with andy because you obviously have a pretty big role in in a number of things which is really cool but i always like to begin with how your everesting journey started and how, how did you find this this crazy community? How did you get connected with Andy? When did it first seep into your mind? A lot of people was pandemic time, but some people go back much earlier than that. And I don't really know when your, uh, when your origin story starts with it. Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome question. And uh, first, right off the bat, thanks for having me and for showing the interest in it. Um, my story with Everesting. Well, if I first had to sum it up in a title, it is for me, finding something beautiful in darkness. And uh, it has a bit of a sad start, but definitely a good, a good ending. Um, a little over three years ago, um, I quit my regular job and I started my own business. And in about a month later, there was this uh, very uh, traumatic event in which I lost my father. Um, or we lost our father, my brother and I, and uh, it was also, it was hard on us. It was definitely very hard on my mother uh, because my dad uh, and my mom, they were married for 45 years. 
so quite a bit. So yeah, that, that was kind of a downer that, that happened. So for me, it just, the world ended, it, it stopped. Uh, I had to uh, focus on myself. The first uh, opportunities I did, I postponed. And uh, trying to crawl back uh, uh, on, uh, trying to get back up and just go forward again, uh, COVID hit because that was the beginning of 2020. So can you have any more luck as a starting entrepreneur? Um, so going into 2020, uh, having this COVID thing happen, still having everything that happened with my father or the loss of him, uh, I lost track of myself and I just start uh, uh, being there for my brother, but especially for our mom, uh, who it was very difficult on. So the first few months of that year, it, it was just horrible. And the thing that I just that I did is, you know what, let things be for what they are. I'll just slow everything down what I'm doing. And I'll focus also on myself, but also on our family to uh, to process what had happened. Well, a few months later, it is May, um, and I was so lost with myself and with my thoughts and everything. I knew I needed to get back up. I needed to go, uh, and I needed to find myself back again. And there's one thing that I've done, uh, that I've always done, hence the bikes in the background, is cycling. Cycling for me is so much more than just a sport. It's an escape, it's a relief, it's a, a stress release, uh, it's fun. So I decided I needed to get back up again. But since it was so long that I was on the bike, uh, I, I said to myself, you know what, I, I need to do something crazy. I need to get my head out of this mind space and I, I have to do something ridiculous. So I thought, you know what, let's do a 30 day bike challenge. So 30 days right off the bat, just go all out and, and see what I can do and increase the, uh, 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 the routes and the elevation each week. So I did. Uh, three, uh, the four weeks had passed. I was, I'm in the last weekend and I was like, I'm still cycling. I'm, I'm still doing rides. I still, I'm still moving forward. So then I was like, you know what? This is the final weekend. Let's go big. And I never done really big climbs before. I, I, I love climbing and all, but I was like, let's just, let's just go crazy. And I said to myself, uh, on Zwift, that is, because Netherlands, no really big mountains here. I went on Zwift. I chose Alpe Zwift. And I was like, I'm going to do it five times. And I'll see how far I get. So I've been cycling for about a month now. Let's see how far I can go. On that climb, I was going up and down. I see these other riders just being there. And just a few of them had this name in their tag, you know, the V Everest thing. It's like, what is V Everest thing? You know, it's probably some kind of cycling club or whatever. But there was this one guy I can still remember. Um, I, I, noticed, I noticed him passing me again. Uh, and he had this, uh, this distance uh, noted because you could only see someone's distance and what it's. And he was on 187 kilometers. So I was like, this is kind of crazy bit. Are you really doing it here? And, I, and then I was like, okay, I'm probably not the only idiot that wants to do a, a climb five times. So I started chatting with him. Uh, awesome dude. Uh, don't know his name anymore, but awesome dude. And he told me he was actually doing a triple Everest thing that day. Oh, on Zwift. Oh. But I... And I didn't even know what it was. So he explained it a bit uh, uh, briefly, of course, because he was already uh, doing a lot of climbs and, uh, and everything. So 
uh, and he told me, you know what, if you're, if you're doing five climbs, which he already respected, which is awesome, um, then check out uh, everesting.cc for more info, you know? So I was like, okay, and I'll finish this up. So I did actually, actually pretty much completed my first base camp without knowing it. Um, and after that, I'll ch I checked out the website. So that was my connection in finding Everesting and getting to know it and uh, dove into the website and everything. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. You know, I, I, sh I should do something with this. So uh, I started myself a training program. And a few months later, I did my first in real life attempt, uh, which was on the hottest day of the year. It was 40 degrees Celsius in the shade. Um, and I had to throw in the towel at around 6,433 meters. These kind of numbers you never forget. Uh, and a week later, I did a full Everest on Mont Ventoux in Zwift. And yeah, and after that, yeah, it kept on going. So I did a, a few more uh, uh, things here and there. And of course, in a couple of weeks, uh, uh, we'll just do it again. Th that's my story with, with Everesting. So, you know what, people kind of, um, people kind of poo-poo online communities a little bit. And I think that that's wrong. I mean, look how amazing that is. A total stranger on Zwift, which has this sort of social media-ish aspect to it. Yeah. And um, as does Strava. And you don't even know this person and they totally impacted your life, right? And set you on a different course for the next three years completely. Because it's obviously become a big part of your world, right? So... I think that things like that are incredible. And when you say that cycling uh, brings all of these positive things to your life, I think one of the biggest things that it brings to me and that I definitely notice about Everesting is that it brings a sense of community, right? So even if you haven't done an Everesting or if you, you haven't done a base camp or a quarter Everesting now that that's available, you can get brought into the website, Facebook group, uh, Instagram, whatever. Is You can meet people on Zwift and you can slowly get encouraged right and everybody starts that way we all get this little seed planted and almost nobody is immediately like yes they sort of need to let that seed grow a little bit and they start to figure it out yeah. and then they and then they go and do it right but definitely and and that's that's totally it and that's the thing that uh, that grabbed my attention the most because you have this guy who's actually doing a triple everest thing and there i am i'm doing it five times and then you can have that mentality that you see in some sports that it's very competitive in a way that it's all me, me, me and no one else or only I'm the best and you do you. And with this Everesting community, I found out no matter what the level of, uh, uh, of the athlete is, they will, like you just said, uh, beautiful words on how they encourage you to go further and how they... Uh, uh, already respect any kind of uh, effort that you're doing. So it's, yeah, the community around it uh, is definitely awesome. It is. So, okay. So from becoming a participant, how did you start to become tasked with uh, Everesting related um, work? Because you definitely have done a lot of stuff and are somebody who's leaned on clearly in terms of, uh, you know, you're answering questions and just really, really involved. So how did that sort of start? Because you clearly have a role behind the scenes. Definitely. And yeah, uh, uh, good question again. And um, so I've done this, this FRS thing. I came in touch with the community. Uh, uh, I saw what the website is, 
and then I'm talking about the previous website that was built by uh, uh, by ValoViewer, and it, it it just didn't sit well with me. It, it was like nowadays, and, and of course it was then two years ago that I was lo looking through it. And I was like, okay, th this this could be better. This could be more immersive, or it could handle better. So I just start diving into more more into the community finding out on who's doing the approvals, which team was behind it. So I was very shocked to find out the first time that it was just Andy doing all the approvals. It's it's ridiculous how much time uh, went into that, but also the dedication that this man has to, to every uh, individual athlete that comes into the Hall of Fame. It's amazing, um, it really is. And also just to pause for one second yeah. there about Andy, a lot of people could keep up that level of enthusiasm for a period of months or even a couple of years, but Andy's been doing this for like almost a decade and with the yeah. same level of enthusiasm and encouragement that he had from day one or more somehow. So yeah, shout out to Andy. Definitely. Every time that I'm talking to him about anything related to Everesting, if you just drop a name, you see those, those corners, you know, of his mouth just go up. So it's, it, it definitely is awesome. So yeah, so I'm, I'm diving into the community and I'm finding out more and uh, eventually I thought to myself, you know, maybe I can, can help out making this better. So I started drawing up some notes on the website, on the Hall of Fame, on the approval process and everything. And I thought, you know what, now I have just a small list of ideas and I checked in my network, uh, uh, sorry, in my, uh, in my surroundings on who could help me out with that because I'm not a developer. Um, I'm not a designer, but I know uh, I could arrange the right group of people for a good team. Um, so eventually, I, uh, I don't know which date it was. I just know the day itself. I know that on a Thursday, uh, I sent uh, Andy an email uh, requesting a virtual cup of coffee uh, and just to hear me out. Uh, on Friday, I got the response. And on a Monday, we actually had our meeting, our virtual meeting. And I said to him, well, you've got a great concept. And I think the concept that you have, it's, it's so beautiful. It's so strong and so powerful, but it's, it's lacking the, the actual visual aspect of it. If you look at a website and the immersiveness of a website, if it's, if it's that, yeah, sorry to say clunky, it's, it's not going to be used properly. And I definitely don't want to uh, rain on the parade of Ben Lowe, who's actually the guy from ValueViewer who built the website because he did an amazing job. And I still love those 3D models uh, uh, that he had in there. But it was too. exactly, but it was a website. It was destined for just a couple thousand entries. And maybe. Yeah, right? maybe. Yeah. Which Andy never thought he could find people crazy enough <laughs> to do it over and over again and to find so many of them. So eventually, uh, when I joined, uh, there was about 7,000 people already in there. Um, and right now we're uh, at 24,000 around that number. So it, it wasn't sustainable anymore and it needed something else. So when I reached out to Andy and I talked to him about this, we got the ball rolling. Um, I am the project manager and the product owner of actual the new Hall of Fame and everything that's behind it. And I have a team uh, with one developer who actually builds it. 
and I got a designer who actually creates it. So I'm working with uh, Beyond Automation and uh, a very Dutch name, Liedewey Spitzhuis Ontwerp Studio. <laughs> just throwing them out there. But they're just amazing people and they get the concept that we're working on. Um, and back then I also reached out to Ben Lowe from Velovior and I said to him, well, is this something that we can help each other to grow into the next uh, uh, part of the business? And Ben was actually also relieved for the fact that someone else is going to be taking it over and bring it into a more professional spectrum. And that brought him back to where he is amazing at. And that's actually the data ana analytics that's behind Veloviewer. Um, so yeah, I'm still hoping in the near future that we can somehow combine something again. But yeah, it's, it's in a very respectful way, we went into a new direction and uh, that's what the, the Hall of Fame is now. I worked for a software company for four or five years, and I remember that the presidents of the company one point saying to me that software is is often like a home or a building, and you can build additions and you can do renovations. But at some point, if there's going to be that many more people in the building, you just need a different foundation. So you just start somewhere else yeah. and just start with a clean slate. And it it seems yeah. like that's what needed to happen, right? It's just the infrastructure is so large for that amount of data. Um, and now with the anticipation that nobody should be putting a cap on it. I mean, any number we throw out there sounds crazy that that will reach at some point, but it will. Like this is going to be six figures at some point, which is crazy, yeah. but it will. Definitely. And that's what I've been talking to Andy about and uh, made plans with. Uh, also with the developer that we're uh, that I'm working with now is um, if you look at the old Hall of Fame, like I said, it was maybe for 2000 entries and eventually it was at 8000. So a good metaphor that you just used because it was literally tearing the house down. So many entries there were. And right now we're at 20, around 24,000 and we have a base which is solid enough to carry uh, into the millions. And uh, we, can, we can just scale up uh, easily because the, the database right now is not any more consistent of a basic CSV file that you, would, that you can capture in Excel or something like that. It's actually running on the, uh, uh, one of the data centers that we have here in the Netherlands in Amsterdam. So yeah, okay. it's, it, it, it's ready for, for big numbers. And that's what we're, we're hoping to, uh, to achieve in the future. Yeah, I refuse to even imagine what it should be capped at. This should never be capped. I mean, it'll just go and go and go. And I, I think I think it can be in the millions one day. Absolutely. That's a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> so what can, for the listeners, what can the new Hall of Fame do that the previous Hall of Fame couldn't as a visitor? As a visitor? Well, apart from the fact that it's just hella fast, it's... It uh, that's uh, uh, that's very keen, and I'm yeah. One thing that I do have to note is unfortunate for the OGs in Everesting, uh, we dropped the 3D model of the segment, uh, but that's uh, uh, a, a well thought through choice uh, because it, it has everything to do with speed. And having that 3D segment means we have a link with Veloviewer, who needs to have a link with Strava which we're then also dependent on. And that's what happened uh, with the previous one as well, is that it could break down and tear down. And yeah, it's not the best experience, but also we, we need to have it fast. So that's what, what we have done. Um, and we've rethought the submission process uh, to go into that, to have 
to have a little bit of more control over it, but pretty much on the front end for the user, it's it's it has a different look and feel, but it's much more of a difference in the back end, uh, which is being used by Andy. So the approval process has been more streamlined. Uh, it's partially already automated that certain badges and verify checks are already been done so that Andy doesn't have to redo those or right. uh, take away time in there. Um, yeah, so in a nutshell, that would be it. But it's okay. it's definitely a, a new, definitely a new look and feel for uh, for the athletes. Yeah, it looks amazing. I very much liken digital spaces to it's very much like a real space. So there's there's obvious and tactile things that you can see that you like about them. I like that faucet, or I like the way that that button looks on this website. And then there's intangibles, and they have a way of making you feel like oh, this place is it's got a good vibe or a bad vibe. The new website has an awesome vibe. It's very much an easy place to spend time. And because we've been doing a bunch of talking about roams, I've spent an inordinate amount of time on the new Everesting website. So <laughs> yeah. if you see uh, see long, long visits on there, that's why it's because it looks great. Yeah, and that's that's indeed one uh, addition that we added to it. Um, now come to think of it is, of course, we added a leaderboard. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, at first you only had the Hall of Fame, and we now divided that more into a Hall of Fame that just lists all the entries that there are, uh, and we're listing the, the latest uh, 1,000 entries somewhat around that, but you can still look up everyone that you would have, so if you type in a name, you'll have your result instantly. And now we also have a leaderboard, and the leaderboard, we're still going to be uh, streamlining that also a bit further. Um, but just to uh, to see who would be the fastest or who would have the most uh, mileage or who would have uh, the most uh, uh, elevation. Like for instance, yeah, I, I think it's the ridiculous part that people that do the uh, that do a triple Everesting and even more that you can uh, can find them as well. So yeah, that's a cool addition. Yeah, awesome. So is there anything that uh, Everesters? or aspiring Everesters can be looking forward to? Do you have any uh, anything to drop for us? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, looking at the, 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 uh, the community, um, it's something that we really listen to, uh, as well as Andy, uh, as well as myself, for any ideas that come up. And there's something that's been uh, a subject from the community for such a long time, and that's actually Everesting in groups. It already happens. And you see these charity events, you see uh, business events, you see a lot of things going on. And up until now, they could only register or submit uh, their personal uh, uh, experience with Everesting. And this year is dedicated to actually build another an, uh, an, an, an extra module within Everesting, which would actually host groups. And that's as far as I can... Uh, 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 okay. give you, so it's a it should be a teaser, but yeah, for this year it's gonna launch. Okay, that's a great teaser because it's definitely got my imagination running as to how that would work <laughs> and how it is adjudicated and everything. Okay, very exactly. interesting. So I appreciate yeah. that, and I think that everybody else will too. So we'll all be able to think about that, and um, when when you have an opportunity to tell us more, let me know, and maybe uh, you and Andy can come on and we can uh, announce it. Yeah, sounds good. 
Will do. Brilliant. Listen, thank you for doing this. I really, really appreciate your time and explaining some of the backgrounds on that. Um, I It sounds like you're going to be participating in the upcoming Full Gas uh, v. Everesting. Uh, you're like me, you're in a part of the world where uh, you're probably doing more indoor than outdoor cycling at this point. So yeah. hopefully we'll see you online. Uh, I guess that's in like two weeks. Yeah, I'm uh, participating in that one. And that's uh, uh, indeed a collaboration that Eddie has set up with uh, Hot Roots and with Full Gas. Um, and this is one of the things that I can then jump on as a participant again. So for me, indeed, Everesting, it's, it's like I said, it, it started real dark for me in a very dark place and time in my life. And eventually uh, I got in connection with just an amazing community uh, I got in connection with Andy and now a collaboration on a business level uh, that I can uh, put my creativity in, especially for, for the future, because we're nowhere near done with Everesting as it is right now. Um, but also to still be, uh, be connected with Everesting events and pushing myself to new limits. So, yeah, I'm definitely also uh, keen to find out what the full gas experience is going to be like. Me too. Well, on behalf of myself and everybody else who's part of that Facebook group and anybody who's enjoyed the new Hall of Fame, thanks for everything you've been doing behind the scenes and for spending a little bit of time with me today. Yeah, you're very welcome. And thank thanks, you for guys. having me. My pleasure. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. As we say at the top of the show and at the end, if you're able to give us a positive rating or review or both, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're finding the show. That is a huge help to us and helps us find new audience members. As does subscribing to the show on our YouTube channel, which is Everesting on YouTube. So we publish uh, almost every episode of the podcast on there as well. Also looking for cool Everesting-related content for that channel. So if you're an Everesting community member and you have uh, some cool video of your Everesting that you would like to see published there, please reach out to us. It's podcast at everesting.com. And thanks for tuning in. One more quick teaser for next week. Have a very cool episode coming up, so you don't want to miss that one. Uh, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.